show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 41, and today we are talking about books released on February 16th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow old redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hi there. I'm coming to you from Jetlag City, population me. <laughs> I'm coming to you from the freezing Arctic of Maine. Oh. It's not so bad. I kind of like it. Yeah. Which is, obviously, the cold has gotten to my brain, but I do. Yeah. It's like the coldest that Richmond ever gets here, which means that it's like in the 20s. <laughs> but you guys are talking, you have like negative Yeah, we're like negative right? 7, negative 29 with the wind chill. Oh my gosh, that's so. too cold to do anything, including reading. Like just no. sit in a bubble bath or something. <laughs> I've gotten so much reading done, it's great. You are a monster. I saw this funny thing on Facebook or something the other day. It was like this giant snake climbing up the side of someone's door outside their house. And it was like, this is why I live places where my face hurts. And I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> I don't have any giant snakes running like, around. Have you seen tropical lizards? They're not afraid of anything. <laughs> yep. It's worth it. Yeah, I guess, you know, the tundra has its own varieties of terrifying creatures, but not so much in Maine. Yes. So this is going to be a banner episode because not only have I chosen all books that I can't really say much about, but most of them have authors whose names I can't pronounce. So it, like, it wouldn't be a regular episode if I didn't have at least one of those things. And this time I'm doing it like for most of them. I have multiple so. short story collections. All so right. we're both totally on brand. This is a total token Liberty and Rebecca episode. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So my first pick is called The Silence of the Sea by Ursa Sigurd Doctor. She has an actual pronunciation of her name in the back of the book under her author photograph, which is amazing. That is helpful. Yes, because I would never be able to pronounce her name other. Her first name is actually spelled Y-R-S-A. Um, I talked about her several episodes ago. Uh, she wrote a book called I Remember You, which is the scariest book that I have read in the last five years. It was a ghost story on an island, and oh boy. And I've heard from a lot of you who have actually read it since then and, and felt the same way, and that was awesome. And she's amazing. And this book is wonderful. It won the 2015 Scandinavian Crime Novel of the Year. So you don't even have to take my word for it. Um, but it is the fifth, fourth. It's a part of a series, but you don't have to have read the other books to enjoy it. Uh, these are her detective novels. And it stars a woman named Tora, who is a, works for a lawyer. Um, she is approached by an elderly couple who want to find out what happened to their son and his family. So it turns out, one day in Iceland, a giant fancy yacht crashes up on the shore, and nobody is on the boat. Uh, it was supposed to have been returned with the crew. The yacht was being repossessed because the owner of the yacht was in Lisbon, and he hadn't paid his bill. He couldn't afford the yacht any longer, so someone had gone to, to return it along with uh, this couple's son. And so the yacht crashes on board. Nobody's, nobody's there anymore, so the couple hires Tora to find out uh, what happened, um, you know, where the family went. Then the o the owner of the yacht, or the previous owner, uh, his wife, like, where no one can find her, and it does not have anything to do with a body that washed up on shore. Um, it's fantastic and creepy and a really good mystery. Um, Tora's secretary at the law firm is a nightmare. She's hilarious. She's got no manners, and she's just awful, and possibly the spawn of Satan, and she's fabulous. 
Um, the whole thing is is fantastic, and I loved it. I'm not going to say any more, which is you'll be hearing me say three more times today because I don't want to give anything else away. But it's really, really great. And like I said, you don't have to have read the other ones, although I do recommend it because they're also wonderful. But you don't have to have read any other in the series. And again, it is called The Silence of the Sea by Ursa Sigurdardotter. So nice to have the pronunciation guide. Yeah, she must get that a lot. And I love it when the, there are characters in fiction like that where like they're terrible people and you wouldn't want to spend any time around them, but it makes them so great to read about. Yeah, she's really funny. She's just horrid. Like at the beginning of the book, she's ruined the copy machine in like the most horrible way. <laughs> I'm good. I'll just have some fun imagining what that might be. <laughs> uh, and, and we'll move on to thanking our first sponsor this week, because this is a thing that is not terrible. Third Love is back. As you know, if you have been listening lately, Third Love makes a 24-7 t-shirt bra that is amazing. Uh, it's the most comfortable bra that I've ever owned, that Liberty has ever owned, that many of you have ever owned because you've been tweeting us about your bras, which I have to say is the coolest thing that has ever happened in my professional life. There are just <laughs> all of these people tweeting me to tell me about their bras, and it's really fun. Uh, the 24-7 t-shirt bra is super smoothing. It disappears under your clothing, and the cups are made out of memory foam. They're not like padded with it. It's not like if you, you know, have your 24-7 bra on and you go to touch your chest or figure out what's happening in that part of your body. Uh, man, this is turning awkward. Yeah. Uh, that you're going <laughs> to run into padding. The cups just know your shape and they mold to you to give you the perfect fit. Um, I mentioned last week that I was wearing mine through the airport and so it had passed the travel test. And I noticed when I was flying home and I was wearing it also that if I was, you know, bending over to like rummage around in my backpack um, in front of my seat on the plane, I wasn't worried that if my shirt dipped forward my bra cups were going to like gape or my boobs were going to fall out or something. It was really lovely to feel, you know, so contained by such a nice, soft, beautiful bra. Um, the back part with the hook and eye is foam padded and it's tagless. So you don't have tags like sticking out or scratching you. And the padding makes it really comfortable to wear. The straps don't slip. It's just all in all a really excellent experience. Um, and I was traveling, as I mentioned, with a bunch of coworkers last week most of them are dudes and more than one of them had to just hear my love song to the third love bra because I can't stop talking about it um if I had extra ones to like hand out to strangers when because now I like to notice when strangers have on bad bras I would do that <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy in the sandwich board yelling about the end of days except I'll be handing out third love bras and it will be making the world better um if you want to try the third love 24 7 t-shirt bra you can do that because they stand behind the product so much that they're willing to let our listeners here at all the books try it for free you're going to go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started. You pay $1 for shipping. You wear your third love bra for 30 days. That means take the tags off, wear it, wash it, do all the stuff you normally do with your bra. Take it on a plane with you. If you love it, you keep it. They'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back for free. Your card's not charged. And if you don't even know where to start, if you don't know your size or you think you might be wearing the wrong size, you can contact their online fit specialist to help you find the perfect fit. Uh, a bunch of us at Riot New Media all of the women have been trying out Third Love. Several of us have worked with the online fit specialist and it's been very helpful. So we can tell you from experience that that is a useful thing to have at your disposal. So go to thirdlove.com slash books, start your free 30 day trial with your 24 seven t-shirt bra now, and then tell us on Twitter how it goes, because that's what we do now. 
Now I'm picturing you sitting on a plane with your bra in the seat next to you. Look at on a plane. It's like a joke. But it is really amazing. It's the champagne of bras. I mean, it's just incredible. It's so, so good. comfortable. Yeah, it's like... It's kind of the leggings of bras for me. Like if I have to wear pants, I'm going to wear leggings. And if I have to wear a bra, I'm going to wear my third love bra. Yeah. I, I don't to. mind it's it. It's like court ordered. I have to wear one. <laughs> you know? And it's amazing and so comfortable. It's a court order. You said you were out of boob jokes, but you weren't out of boob jokes. <laughs> so thanks again. Thirdlove.com slash books get started. And now my first pick of the week. Uh, it is called And After Many Days by Johor Ile. Uh, this is about the Utu family who live in Port Harcourt, near, uh, Nigeria. It's set in 1995. And they have three children and 17-year-old Paul, he's the oldest, leaves the house one day and does not return. Uh it doesn't look like anything's up when he leaves, but they figure out that something is up uh, pretty quickly when he has not come back after a few days. Um, Paul's parents and his two siblings, he has a younger sister named Bibi, and then their younger brother, Aji, are marked by this experience. And of course, they're changed by the loss because Paul never returns. Um, the narrative moves back and forth in time in ways that are unmarked. Like, you know that you've gone back in time, and then you know you've gone further back in time, and then you know you've gone forward, but there are are not like clear distinctions of where in time you are. And I love it when a writer can do that so well and know that they can trust their readers to put the pieces together. And Ile does it really wonderfully. And these, you know, blips of scenes at different points in time reveal some of the family secrets, but also government corruption that was coming out at that time uh, in Nigerian history. And it creates some context for Paul's disappearance and also many possibilities as we wonder what might have happened to him. We see student protests, we hear rumors, and then ultimately evidence of police brutality. And so we get to see these political issues that were very real in Nigeria in the mid-90s, but through the lens of fiction about one particular family. Um, these are some of the same issues that come up in The Fisherman by Chigozi Obioma, which we both read and loved and talked about a ton last year. It also felt a little similar to me to Alarn. Um, All Our Names by Dina Mengistu, which I believe I read before this show existed, uh, but was wonderful. And it's just a delightful reading experience. It's heavy, but it's not too dark. The language is very beautiful. Um, and the way that Ile moves us between here is a moment with the family, here is a moment with, between one of the sons and his friend, here's a moment at school, but sort of slowly laying out the pieces. Um, for most of the book, I wasn't sure what each piece meant or why I had just read the scene that I had read, what it, what it was going to have to do with the ultimate um, end of the narrative and the ultimate answer about what happened to Paul. But if you're a reader who likes that, which I really am, and you want to hang with it, it it's very satisfying. And I cannot recommend it enough. So debut novel, actually, I think maybe all of my books this week are the person's first book. I'm really thrilled to see this voice. And again, it's called And After Many Days by Johor Ile. That sounds amazing. It was really good. My next book, I did not have to work hard to pronounce this author's name. Uh, it's The Widow by Fiona Barton. Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it is, of course, as most books coming out this year, being billed as the next Gone Girl. But if you enjoy Gone Girl, you'll definitely enjoy this book. It's a thriller with a lot of twists. It starts out with a woman named Jean Taylor. She is at home, and the press is banging on her door, and she finally lets one reporter in, and she starts to tell her her story. 
And the book goes back and forth in time. Jean's husband has just died. Therefore, she is the widow. Um, he was struck and killed by a bus. And now they want to talk to her about her husband. And as it goes back and forth, you see a police investigation into a missing child. And it turns out that Jean's husband was a suspect in that crime. And so she kind of tells her side of the story, what it was like being his wife. She's sort of, she's always been like a sort of mousy, um, compliant sort of type. And uh, now she's finally getting to have her say. And it just goes back and forth until the final conclusion, which is, you know, horrifying and amazing. And I really don't want to give anything away. I'm really worried I'm going to be like, and then there was a giant spider. Oh, no. <laughs> but, oh, I just told you about the giant spider. But, no, it's it's really fantastic, though. The writing is really good. I flew through this book. I mean, I know I read fast, but, like, I really read this book quickly. <laughs> you saying I read fast is, like, the understatement of the century. <laughs> okay. Well, I know, but it's hard to say, like, I sat and read this in one sitting because yeah. that's how I read most books. But, like, I right. really read this quickly. And it's it's really wonderful. And I do believe it is her debut. Um, so check it out. Again, it is called The Widow by Fiona Barton. All right. My next pick and the first short story collection I'm talking about this week is The Bigness of the World, short stories by Lori Ostland. That's O-S-T-L-U-N-D. Um, it's out in paperback this week. I don't know how I missed it when it came out last year. I am sad about that, but I'm very glad to have discovered it now. It won the Flannery O'Connor Prize, the Edmund White Award, and the California Book Prize last year. And this is a just knock your socks off debut collection. It has this quiet Midwestern sensibility to it. Many of the characters are from Minnesota, but Oslin takes her characters all over the world. Um, they leave home looking for connection or they leave home together trying to forge a connection or because their connections are breaking um, or because being away makes the connections break um, or something has broken and it has pushed them to leave. This book is very much about place, about leaving one place and about our connections and relationships and how place and relationships affect each other and sort of go back and forth. Um, and it's really about the kind of that eternal appeal, but also eternal futility of looking at life and wondering where the grass might always be greener. None of these characters ever really goes somewhere else and gets happier. But of course, that's what they're looking for when they do leave the first time. Um, you know, when I read this over the weekend and I sat with it for a while and I was like, how do you talk about this book? Because most of the events that happen within the stories are very commonplace, kind of mundane things that these characters do. You know, one of them is about a woman in her 40s and she and her partner teach at the same school and her partner goes away on a business trip and comes back and leaves her and the people at the school find out that they have broken up. And like, you know, that's just normal life stuff. Um, but the longer that I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, I think it's because the events and the stories are so commonplace that Austin can make these very sharp, surprising observations about them. And so the stories are quiet, like right up until the moment that they're not quiet. And then you sort of have that, oof, and you have to sit there and you know, take it in. Um, just really wonderful. I think, you know, if you like uh, Lori Moore, that kind of feeling like short stories about domestic life, um, maybe not quite Alice Monroe, but similar or um, oh, Edna O'Brien. Yeah. If you like short stories that are firmly grounded in, you know, daily life, you will enjoy this. It's The Bigness of the World by Lori Ostland. You had to sit there for a moment with, with your titles and your authors. I did. I was, I just like looked down to see, and I was like, wait, did she stop? What's happening? <laughs> oh no, I looked down to see what my next 
one. Because it's another author whose name I had to practice pronouncing. <laughs> Not only that, but the character's name. And that book is called What Lies Between Us by Naomi Munawira. And it is a wonderful novel that takes place in Sri Lanka. I read her first book, which was Island of a Thousand Mirrors, which won a bunch of awards a couple years ago. It was really good. Um, this is probably the most difficult of the books that I'm going to talk about today. It is it is very uh, hard to read at times. Um, it's about a young girl named Gunga, and she lives in Sri Lanka with her parents and their servants. Um, and she has sort of a, a difficult childhood in that her mother is very volatile. Like, at one moment she'll be very loving, and at the next moment she's very angry, and at the next moment she's locked herself in her room and she won't come out for days, and, you know, Gunga just sits and plays outside her bedroom door. Um, and her father is an alcoholic. Um, and she's sort of raised by the servants until something horrible happens, um, something really awful. And Gunga is taken by her mother to America to live with her aunt. Um, her mother's sister lives there, and so they immigrate to America. And then it sort of fast forwards to when she's now a young girl in America trying to get used to American um, style and, you know, customs, you know, like sneaking her clothes under her traditional clothes to wear to school, like, you know, so she doesn't have, so she can try and fit in, you know, and, uh, she meets a boy and she falls in love and I'm trying not to say what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I can feel you tiptoeing yeah. up to the line. Let me just say that. So this book, it, this book is her confession there. Oh. Yeah. It's a confession. Um, and it's, you know, it's about trauma and the terrible things that happen to children um, and how that affects them later as they grow up, and also how, um, you know, different cultures collide. And it's really beautifully written. It reminded me a bit of, like, um, God of Small Things or maybe mm. Jhumpa Lahiri um, in that sort of culture. It was it was really beautiful. And, again, it is called What Lies Between Us by Naomi Munawira. That sounds good. I'm going to read that. Yeah. It's not it's, – it's a quick book. It's not very long. It's, it's really good. Uh, speaking earlier of books that are the next Gone Girl or perfect for fans of Gone Girl, we have our next sponsor, and it is The Daylight Marriage by Heidi Pitlore, which is billed as perfect for fans of Gone Girl. It's a spellbinding novel of suspense, according to Library Journal. It is out in paperback now, and it's about a woman named Hannah. She's pretty, and she's outgoing, and she is from the upper class, and Lavelle, an introverted climate scientist. They got married, they settled down, and they began to raise their two children. So it starts as a typical suburban tale until Hannah drives to a new part of town, pretends to be someone she's not, and then vanishes. And for the first time, Lavelle is forced to examine the trajectory of his marriage through the lens of memory. As he tries to piece together what happened to his wife and to their life together, readers follow Hannah on that single day when a hasty decision proves irrevocable. I have heard so many great things about the daylight marriage. I haven't gotten to it yet myself, but I've been hearing about it as particularly being great for book club discussion. And if you recognize Heidi Pitlor's name, it's because she's also the editor of the Best American Short Stories anthology series. So she reads three to 4,000 short stories a year, <laughs> which makes me jealous. That's, uh, that's crazy. That sounds like a great job. Uh, and somehow she had time to write a novel that people love and are comparing to Gone Girl. So you go, Heidi Pitlor. Uh, again, the novel is The Daylight Marriage. It is out in paperback now. You can buy it wherever books are sold or we'll have a link in the show notes for you as well. And that's from Algonquin Books. So thanks to them for sponsoring us. 
Okay, my next one is called Hair by Kurt Sten. Uh, <laughs> it's a book about hair. It's a micro history, but it's also quite macro. Um, Sten is a hair follicle expert, actually one of the world's foremost hair follicle experts. He has spent his life studying and researching hair um, in the specific, but also in the big picture. This is a The book is a tour through the history of hair and hair's significance in the developments of our culture and science and all sorts of things. Um, he talks about how humans, as we evolved and lost hair, um, uh, like we don't have nearly as much body hair as humans used to have. So we started you know, using furs to stay warm. He talks about the social significance and the messages that our hair sends to other people. There's a really interesting fact that like diff certain hairstyles um, seem to have like a universal message that they send, like regardless of which culture you grow up in, you know, everyone sees a smile and knows what a smile is. Apparently there is the hair version of a smile, basically. <laughs> Mine says, I woke up like this. <laughs> Flawless. Um, <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> like really, I didn't do anything. <laughs> he talks about um, hair and health. He talks about the role that hair has played in crime and in solving crimes, especially as DNA has evolved. It's really, really fascinating. It's accessible. It's fun, but also it's like super wonky. You are going to walk away from this knowing a million more facts about hair than you even thought existed in the world. Uh, if you like those micro histories like salt, uh, if you like Mary Roach, I dare say that you would enjoy hair by Kurt Sten. Uh, just like one of the weirder I would have been like if you had asked me a year or so ago if I was ever just going to read a book about hair I would have been like well who would be writing one but it's Kurt Sten and he's the man who knows uh, and it was really enjoyable Jerry Seinfeld does this great bit about how like people's hair they do so much to it and they take such good care of it and people have beautiful hair and strangers want to touch it and then like the second a piece falls off someone's head everyone's like ah that's so gross it's so disgusting oh my god get it away from me <laughs> Which is true. It's absolutely true. There probably is something about that. I just don't remember all the details. It's really funny. That is good. So I have saved the mess for last. Uh, <laughs> this is the most messed up book um, I've probably read in a long time. And it's it's not for the squeamish people with delicate sensibilities. It's it's not for you. Um, and it is the English language, English language, English language debut of a Brazilian author, uh, it's called Perfect Days by Rafael Montes, and it's about a man named Tio. He lives in Rio de Janeiro. I can't speak today. Oh, my goodness. He lives in Rio de Janeiro, and he's a medical student, and he's kind of a loner. He doesn't particularly care for the other students in the class, but he is quite attached to the cadaver that they use in class. Oh. Um, <laughs> so he, like, she's his only friend. Like, she can, he can talk to her and she understands him and but then then one day class ends and so he has no one to talk to and then he meets a uh vibracious is that a word it, didn't, it came out and it didn't sound vivacious like a, yeah vibrant vivacious that's what i was going for <laughs> i like it <laughs> i kind of combined them there um young woman named clarice his mother drags him to a barbecue and he meets this young woman there and he becomes infatuated um in a really not good way. In uh -oh. a kind of like Norman Bates, Danny, or Donnie on the X-Files kind of way. And uh, becomes obsessed with Clarice. She is an aspiring screenwriter. She has written a screenplay about a trio of friends who take a road trip in Brazil in search of romance. And it ends up that 
he thinks it's a good idea to kidnap Clarice and take her on a road trip in search of romance. The romance being him, he's going to try and convince her to fall in love with him. Um, it's really horrifying, and uh, she obviously is not really into it. She doesn't, she's not, not a big fan of being kidnapped. Um, it's super dark and twisted and weird and alarming and great. Um, and I don't want to say anything else about it. So... Again, it's called Perfect Days by Rafael Montes. Save the mess for last is probably our best segue ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's really messed up. It really, really is. (laughs) Um, Let's see. My final pick this week is a collection of short stories. Again, go ahead and be surprised. A debut collection of short stories. Uh, It's called Weave. I know. We've already gone this far. It's by Patrick Dacey, and he currently lives in my hometown, Richmond, so um, representing the RVA. But all these stories are set in Weequaquet, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a small town, and this is a dark view of contemporary life. Uh, like In the opening short story, a woman uh, resents her across the street neighbors uh, sort of in her yard war memorial like the neighbor's son has gone off to fight in the war and so the neighbor has set up a bajillion tiny flags in her front yard and she counts them and knows exactly how many are there and so the main character of the story sneaks across the street one day and just takes one of the flags and buries it in her backyard and then watches when the woman comes home and realizes one of her flags is missing and stands there for half an hour like puzzling over it Uh, and we find out more about these people in another story a man who has a drinking problem takes his son who is also very troubled on his own uh, on something of a date that's not really a date and things are just creepy um these are very unsettling uh they're not quiet about domestic issues in the way that the Lori Ostlin collection I talked about earlier is quiet this is very like not a flattering look at people uh, in America today but these characters haven't quite given up hope uh like they're they're still grasping for or something, but it seems like whatever the opposite of the light at the, ten- the end of the tunnel is, that's what they're staring into. And the- getting to that point is not far off for many of them. Um, I wouldn't want to know any of these people in real life. It's like that character that you were talking about earlier, but I find it so enjoyable to read about, especially in like suburbs and small towns, these dark stories about awful people. Um, It just feels so human and messy. And I enjoy that so very much. I don't know what it says about me. I did grow up in the suburbs. So maybe I can just relate uh, to thinking that everybody has a body buried in their basement or something. Uh, But I'm really digging it. I'm not quite finished with the collection yet. um, But it's called We've Already Gone This Far. It's short stories by Patrick Dacey. Wait, are we not supposed to have bodies buried in our <laughs> I'm just oh. saying. Let me write that down in my passion planner for next week. <laughs> Remove body. No, he is, he is, uh, Patrick Daisy is the protege of the world's most perfect human, George Saunders. Oh, I wondered. There's a George Saunders blurb on the front of this hardcover, but that explains it. <laughs> yes, in the press release it says that. Uh, George Saunders encouraged him to get an MFA and become a writer. You know, that's really interesting because George Saunders is so weird, you know, oh, like so his stories amazing. are, and he is, he's so amazing, but his stories are so weird and Daisy is unweird, um, but dark. I can see how they might, you know, enjoy having beers together. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I'm really enjoying it. I think I have two stories left. I just couldn't quite get under the wire for the show today. Um, okay, those are uh, under the wire boob jokes. Uh, oh, good job. 
<laughs> Those are our new releases. So what are you going to read now? Oh, be prepared to gnash your teeth with jealousy because I'm reading Barkskins, the new novel <gasps> by Annie Prue. Oh, I saw when that came up on your Instagram and I did gnash my teeth with jealousy. Oh, yeah. It's a 700-something page family saga. Um, it's her It's her first fiction, published fiction, in uh, 14 years, her first novel. Um, and it's it's about a group of woodcutters. It starts out with a group of woodcutters who are called Barkskins. In the late 1600s, there's these two young Frenchmen who have come over from France uh, to the very, very cold parts of the U.S. They uh, sign on with a feudal lord and agree to work his land for three years before they will be given uh, their own land and... It's kind of like 300 years of their descendants. Like, it follows that. Ah. So, I usually, like, the other day I was like, I'm going to read this right now, tonight, right now, the whole thing. But I found myself, like, putting it down and being like, hee Like, I can't read all of this right now. Like, I have to keep setting it down. But it's really good. What are you going to read? Uh, I've been in the mood for something kind of... Thrillery. So I'm going to read What Remains of Me. Uh, it's by Allison Galen. It comes out next week, so I'll talk about it more. But the first line of the blurb is, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got a drawer somewhere with something hidden in it. Uh, or a body buried in the basement. I was going to say, I thought it was a basement. I didn't do anything <laughs> and, right. Uh, it starts on the hottest night of the year in 19. 19- 80 when a woman shoots and kills an Oscar-nominated director at a party in his house. Uh, and then things go from there. So we've got, like, suspense and murder and some Hollywood stuff. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. That is the show this week. Thanks again to our sponsors. You can go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with your 24-7 t-shirt bra. We'll be so happy to welcome you into the club. Also, thanks to The Daylight Marriage by Heidi Pitlore from Algonquin Books, which is out in paperback now. You can get it wherever books are sold or click the link in the show notes. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com for all of your thoughts and questions and bra-related Muppet arming. I am on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky. S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to tell the good people of the internet how much you love all the books and help other bookish folks to find their way to our show, we would so appreciate an iTunes review or rating. And many, many thanks to all of you who have done that for us so far. It makes a huge difference. Yes, thank you so much. Everyone is so great, like, all the time. It's so interesting <laughs> to hear from them. It's awesome. Um, and as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter all right happy reading happy reading happy reading